We are back, Blazing Bobcast. Um, today we're going to be reviewing the most recent films that we we watched, discuss them a little bit, talk about our favorite aspects from them. I know I've been doing nothing but watch movies and homework, so <laughs> I have uh, a lot to say. I know I know Bobby's a big film head as well, so he will have some strong opinions and maybe some hot takes. So yeah, you ready? Want to start it off? Uh yeah. So for for reference, this is from. What year? January, we said? Yes. We said January to now. So we had a huge window, and it's really hard to choose from yeah. 16. So honor, I have, I do have an honorable mention. I am cheating a little bit because I literally just watched this movie like no worries, 15 man. minutes ago. Uh, Akira. I just watched Akira for the first time. Like I put on my Blaze. Thank you, thank you. Legendary. Um, I just really not really going to say a whole lot because – it's from 1988 <laughs> and it's amazing. Um, so 16, actually, I think this movie came out this year. Uh, Marry me. It's the mm. rom-com. I watched it just because I was bored. And honestly, it was actually was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. And all the reason why I watched the movie, honestly, is because Jennifer Lawrence or nope, not Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lopez, Lopez. Okay. JLo. Oh my God. Oh my God. It, just it's, it's it's just it's pretty solid. Oh wait, that's all uh, I wasn't, gotta say. Um, wasn't Owen Wilson in that movie as well? Yeah, yeah, okay. Owen Wilson that's, was in uh, too. Is that the one where she played a celebrity and he, and they like all the uh, fans thought they were dating, so they pretended to date? Yeah. Okay, I think I saw, yeah. I think I I think we saw the trailer for that when we when we went to go see Batman actually. I think so. Yeah, I think it was either yeah. around there or it was when we saw Spider Man, but I don't yeah. really remember when it came out. Mm-hmm. I just remember watching it recently mm-hmm. and thought I was like, eh, it's pretty good. And I was on a rom com <laughs> kick for a little bit. So I still um, I gotta I gotta get into rom coms, man. I really gotta get into some it. of some of them are really awesome. And this mm-hmm. one's kinda just good. So mm-hmm. it's okay. it's definitely a recommendation. There's mm-hmm. not really a hard hitter. It's just mm-hmm. kinda it's kinda just funny. It's mm-hmm. cute. It is what it is. What would you rate it out of uh, out of ten compared to other rom coms? That is mm, a seven or maybe maybe a low six. I can give it a, or a high six, low seven, somewhere around okay. there. It's okay. just kind of like I don't want to say mid, but it's it's just kind of it's kind of underrated and it's kind of good, but mm-hmm. obviously it's very cliche. So <laughs> I just as most rom coms are. So obviously. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Um, yeah. I just, it's just, it's really recent and I couldn't put Akira over it because I literally just watched it 15 minutes ago. So <laughs> I, we had to put, I had to put something there. So yeah, there it is at 16. What's, mm-hmm. what's your 16? It's actually the, the film I've, I've talked about this numerous times, but the lighthouse directed by Robert Eggers. Oh, really? I don't, yeah. I'm not sure if I said his last name, right? I hope I did. If I did, I'm very sorry. But um, he he also recently directed. I don't know if you heard of the movie uh, The Northman. He he directed that one as well. But um, yeah, that came out recently. Yeah, but um, The Lighthouse came out back in 2019, I believe. Back in 2019, it featured uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, both both of whom are incredible actors. Oh, I remember back when, actually, back when Robert Pattinson was first cast as Batman, like, I was kind of skeptical at first because I only knew him from Twilight. And people were like, you just haven't mm-hmm. seen him in his other newer stuff. I was like, all right. And so I think about a month or two, yeah, I think it was back in February or right, right it was towards the end of January, the beginning of uh, February. I said, I'm going to sit down and watch this movie because I love Willem Dafoe. 
I want to get a, a better idea of Robert Pattinson's acting skill outside of Edward Cullen. So I watched it. And I was I was not disappointed to say the least. Um, the movie was the cinematography was great. Don't that's the first thing I want to start off. The cinematography, the use of okay, a lot of times in movies, the when there when there isn't sound, it feels awkward. But this a lot there's there wasn't a lot of music in this one. A lot of not a lot of soundtrack in moments where we, I thought there would be soundtrack, and Ooh. I think they played perfectly for this film. Like just simple stuff like just them eating or like just hearing like the all the little background noises. I think. That definitely played play to his strength. I will say, um, this was, in my opinion, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson's best acting performance. Because, oh Lord, this this film. I don't want to get too spoiler, get too far to spoilery details, but um, <laughs> um, basically they they're they're both lighthouse keepers, and they get stranded on after after a storm hits they both get stranded on on the island the lighthouse is on and they're both slowly descending into madness so seeing Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson play two characters descending into madness was an experience to say the least it was <laughs> incredible I again like I was going I, my expectation my expectations for the film weren't too high at first because I didn't think I would enjoy a movie about a lighthouse but yeah stayed like if you if you're a Robert Pattinson fan or a Willem Dafoe fan, you will definitely enjoy this film. Or if you're just a fan of incredible acting, which I don't know how you wouldn't be a fan of incredible acting, you should definitely check out this film. It's great. You love it. I'd give it a solid. I would give it an eight, but again, their acting performances push it up. I give it a nine because, Lord have mercy, it was great. I don't want to get too again. I don't want to get too spoilery about it, but after watching this, I had no doubt in my mind that Robert Pattinson would do it and be an excellent Batman and I was right. He was fantastic in both roles. But mm. and I think this was hands down him and Willem Dafoe's best role. But that's also open to interpretation. That that might be a hot take as well. But Yeah, I guess I could see uh, the hot take because Yeah. I don't really remember most of Willem Dafoe's other roles. He was he was he was in like a lot of stuff. I remember watching the, he was in a few Wes Anderson films. And yeah, he, he always just caught me off guard because I'm like, because he was in a lot more stuff than I realized. Again, like I told you before the call, I found out he he played, uh, Will Will uh, not sorry, um, Vincent Van Gogh in a movie, and that oh, was yeah. that that really I was like, oh man, that's pretty cool. But yeah, that's, yeah he's been around a long time. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot of like a lot of films, like a lot. But what's your what what's, what do you have at number fifteen? Number fifteen. Make sure my list is. Up, actually, it is up at my list. Number fifteen is actually another rom com. Uh, more recently, as of this past week, uh, I want you back, featuring or okay. uh, starring uh, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I just want to get this off the top because there is another Charlie Day movie. On, actually, a couple of Charlie Day movies on this list. I am a huge Charlie Day fan. That <laughs> dude, mainly because of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but gotta, it, is, it, is, it is it is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. And I'm just going to hold just gonna say that. So <laughs> because of the show, I am a huge Charlie fan, Charlie Day fan, just mm-hmm. a huge one. And I've seen most of his movies. Um, and I actually pushed this one. This one came out like November, I think maybe January. So I kind of pushed this off a little bit. And I was I just wasn't. I was or no, I was impressed to see him actually do a rom com. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And he actually does pretty good. And Jay Slate is actually does pretty good too. And okay. usually some James Slate movies are um they're a little off the rails. <laughs> just, <laughs> just wanna say that. Um and Charlie Day movies have gone off the rails too sometimes. Yeah. So but it for the most part, it actually kept me entertained. And I mm-hmm. can't say that a lot about rom com movies. And obviously, you know, cliche, you know what's gonna happen blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't matter. It it I'm only here I'm only there to watch it unfold and on, shockingly enough, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but Pete Davidson is in this movie. <laughs> he makes a cameo. I was because uh, my mom was watching when I was like beside me, and then all of a sudden I just hear his voice and see him. I was like, "No way!" <laughs> I was like, "Why is he in this movie?" But yeah, it was it was crazy. It honestly, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty solid again another solid rom com movie. And Charlie, like, that dude can act. He can act. So like, wait, what's like the whole film like about? Like- so like, he and Johnny Slade's character, Charlie Day's character, and Jay Slade's character, both get dumped by their girlfriend or by their, both get dumped, and mm-hmm. they, I think they just, they meet each other somehow. I don't remember how they meet each other, and then they they plan to get each other's, uh, girlfriend boyfriend back. Mm-hmm. So, actually, Scott Eastwood. <laughs> Is the guy who dates Jane Slate, and I don't remember the girl. And it honestly worked a lot more than it should have for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are frustrating aspects because obviously story plot, all yeah. that has to be fit in the time. But mm-hmm. it it it, it kind of worked. It kind of worked more once once it went on and on and on, and there was mm-hmm. some, some interesting subplots and the hygiene is. It, it's a really solid rom-com movie. The reason why I put it above Marry Me is simply because of Charlie Day and how funny he is and how <laughs> amazing he is. No, bias take. I know. I'm sorry. But um, Jay Slate's also super, super <sighs> gorgeous in this movie, by the way. Just want to say mm-hmm. that. All right. Just want to say that. Um, and uh, I gave it about a 7.5 because okay. it's just really funny. And it's and honestly – works for, worked for me okay and uh yeah i mean what's what's your number 15 my number 15 is actually it's the first it's toby mcguire's first spider-man film again oh word yeah also i think i'm not sure if it's the same guy i feel like i'm probably 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 is i'm just Uh-oh. but um Uh-oh. i definitely want to check out that the movie though because and i'll also have to check out it's always sunny in philadelphia because i know charlie day was in um pacific rim which Love that. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But sorry to get off topic, but just wait. Number... <laughs> I definitely, because I've, I've been meaning to check out It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for a while now. I just never knew it was on Hulu. So, to like a few days ago, actually. So, I'm actually probably going to start that. If not, if not tonight, then tomorrow. So, I've been wanting to get a new sitcom. So, because good. I mean, there's a lot of, there's like 15 seasons, 14 seasons. But oh my god, it's uh, it's awesome. Just I, I mean, like, biased, I, but you know. I think the last sitcom I sat down and like was like obsessed with was probably Parks and Rec, and that was oh my was god, go to ago. show, a go to show, so goaded. Like one of my favorite shows, like probably probably my favorite show of all time. But yeah, I I can argue this is this is mm, all right. Never mind, because I was gonna say this is funnier, but Parks and Rec is so funny at times. I don't doubt it because they have Danny DeVito in there and. Again, go. 
but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what what's your fifty or what what, what or what's Tobey Maguire Spider Man? Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. Right after No Way Home, I was rewatching all the Spider Man films, and I feel like Spider. So people tend to like forget. Not I won't say forget about the first movie, but like they get overclouded by how good the second <laughs> Tobey Maguire movie was and how much they how much they hated the third movie, which. Or love the all. third one. I love the third one as well. Like I don't know why people. A lot of people yeah. hated it. I, I don't. I don't. Again, I don't hate any Spider-Man movie. I love them all so much. But um, yeah, I feel like that one gets over. Like doesn't get looked at as much because people sit there and like, oh, number two is so good or number three is so bad. They tend not to talk about the first one and how the first one. I don't think people realize how much was riding on that film though, because like. Yeah, there was a lot riding on like that opened a gateway to like a whole new world of superhero films because like at the time they had X Men of course but like again this Spider Man that that first movie was just incredible like it definitely again not I won't argue it's the best Remy film but um I did love so much about it like Tobey Maguire he <laughs> there were some times where like ish, I felt like I probably should have cringed but like I just thought it was like goofy nerdy Peter Parker like yeah loved him. Like he would say, "Oh jeez," <laughs> or "Oh boy," like, I, I love that. And then again, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Willem Dafoe as an actor is already fantastic. Yes, but um, Green Goblin's probably one of my favorite roles he was in, even though he's only in there for a movie. <laughs> yeah, Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man. Oh my gosh! I I rewatched the scene of him or Goblin in. Uh, Spider-Man on the on the rooftop, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Eventually, they will hate you." Yes, uh, that I don't remember the exact phrasing, and I'm not going to quote it because I'm going to do horrible at it. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's like, "Eventually, they will hate you." Mm-hmm. To see a hero fail, fall, die yeah. trying. Oh my god! That's... Just the delivery on that mm-hmm. line and the impact, even 20 years later, mm-hmm. is just crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's like the folk goat. Going back, I think. People like one thing about it, like people find out they, they do find there are a lot of memes in that movie, but oh, yeah, thing is, like a lot of those memes aren't terrible scenes at all. Like the scene, like during Toby and uh Goblin's fight, when when um Goblin knocks Toby back, he moans, Toby moans a little bit, like a squealing moan. <laughs> and I remember hearing that for the first time, like seeing the meme of it, I was like, that is like I busted out laughing, but watching the film, I was like, I didn't, I barely noticed, but um. They were just this. This film itself, freaking loved it. Like I, I, didn't, I never realized like, how much comfort this movie brought me, like mm-hmm. as a Spider-Man film or just as a film in general. Just, man, Tobey Maguire, his portrayal of Peter Parker. It's like one thing I love is characters who seem like who come off as like you know soft, weak, but like could beat the living crap out of you if they wanted to. Like, and like, that's something like I realized a lot throughout this movie. It's like. When Goblin took when when Goblin disintegrated like three people with his bombs. Oh, oh my gosh! And like how Toby could have made light work of him if he wanted to, but he just kept like I think yeah he was he was still pulling his punches and like even at the end, Goblin ended up accidentally killing himself. <laughs> Where Toby dodged the um, the glider and Goblin's like oh and then, oh yeah. But overall, oh. I feel like. I don't want to say I care. This movie got carried by nostalgia because it definitely it was. Oh, it, it, hold, it holds up fantastic. Forever and ever, it will be held as nostalgia, especially mm-hmm. probably twenty years ago. It would have been held as nostalgia, but right. especially mm-hmm. now, after no or post No Way Home, mm-hmm. like 
maybe it's even before. It, it definitely holds up on its own. Like even like mm. putting putting nostalgia aside as a movie, a Spider Man film, it definitely still holds up on its own. Yeah. And then the that spider that you know you know you know that scene where he he caught everything on the lunch tray was it wasn't CGI. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that like it took like a hundred take or like two hundred yeah, like, takes or that, something. That thing, that was insane to me. Yeah, like, that's crazy. That is insane. And then the first scene with the spider fence when everything everything around him slowed down and he beat the crap out of Flash. I remember yeah. that scene used to get me so hyped up as a kid. I remember just rewatching again that same feeling was just man. I can't I can't even like put it into words. But yeah, I rate this movie. I I rate this movie about an eight out of ten because it's fantastic. Like. Loved it. Like rewatching it was after, especially after No Way Home. And just I found like I had a new appreciation for Toby as a character. Which I guess after watching No Way Home, a lot of people you saw a lot of people gravitate towards Andrew having like starting to appreciate him. I did that with Toby because I always loved and appreciated Toby Spider Man, but I saw him in, like like appreciate him in a new way after watching No Way Home. So, <laughs> oh yeah, but man, yeah, it's 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 definitely one of the best Spider Man movies. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's I good. It holds up on its own too. The best it, performance in the movie probably was Willem Dafoe. Favorite aspect was about this everything Spider Man related. Anytime we saw him in a suit, anytime we saw him swinging, any, anything Spider Man related. My favorite scene would have to be that's actually kind of hard. Probably the first in the first fight he had with Green Goblin at the festival parade thingy. I think that's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. But yeah. overall, eight mm-hmm. out of ten. Possibly nine. What about you? What's your uh, 14? Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom actually is my oh, okay. 14. Now, if you guys not have heard the other podcast episode of us talking about Tick, Tick, Boom, I believe it's the one before Batman. Yes. Um, we have already spoken pretty much in depth about this, so I'll just go over it briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched this movie right the day of the Oscars because mm-hmm. I saw him, Andrew Garfield nominated. And I loved it. Actually, tonight, literally as I was taking a shower, I listened mm-hmm. to the Bohemia song. Oh my <laughs> god. I'm I'm so serious. It's one of the best songs in the whole movie. Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield, you just can't teach acting. You or mm-hmm. you can't teach acting like that. That's yeah. a whole different that's a master class of acting. Mm-hmm. I just I I love most of the songs. I love I mean, it, it's just I I can't really say enough about it, and I love mm-hmm. love Andrew Garfield, and I loved Andrew Garfield before No Way Home, so mm-hmm. and now he actually almost won a, one of the best roles of the year for for uh for an actual movie that's not Spider Man movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really really awesome to see. And, yeah, like about, he definitely. Oh, in my opinion, he deserved the Oscar. In my opinion, he definitely did. We're not he talking about did. the whole everything else. We I, we. That's besides the point. But, yeah. The only other person who came close is Benedict Cumberbatch. But, again, I feel like Andrew Garfield still deserved the Oscar. But, yeah. yeah. Robbed, for sure. But De- definitely. But we, we, know, we know in our hearts that most Andrew Garfield fans and most musical fans and fans of this movie know that he should have won. Yeah, without, without a doubt, because oh my gosh! But one of my favorite performances of the year so far, mm-hmm. well, of last year and this year so far, so definitely I'm, goaded. Mm-hmm. Definitely, an eight, it, it's got to be an eight, just because okay. of just because you know it has to be an eight. Do you have a favorite scene from the movie? Favorite seed? 
Oh, there's there's a lot. Mm. Uh, I mean, I not a favorite scene in particular. Just kind of, well, it's I can't pinpoint one, but mm. I can like a sequence. I can give you the Bohem, well, the Bohemia sequence because I listened to it tonight. <laughs> but the um, it's a great scene, so I don't I don't blame you. Yeah, the the song with Vanessa Hudgens. That's probably I that's think that's probably, probably my favorite sequence. Probably. Come to your senses. What? The song, uh, the song, uh, "Come to Your Senses." I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 the scene. I mean. Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> I thought you were talking about the uh, the um, the scene of the uh, I I know the scene. I'm I know. Yeah, the one with the piano, the one with the piano in oh. the middle of the woods. Oh, or, no, that's the that's the song. I think that I think that song is just called "Why." <laughs> I think there's yeah. I think there was another scene that I think I'm thinking of, but mm-hmm. yeah, eight out of ten. That's probably. I mean, just such a goaded movie. And movie. Honestly, a great biopic or biopic, mm-hmm. biopic, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it's very, very, very intriguing. Very, very awesome to see. What's your 14th? Um, actually, we were actually just talking about this before the call of Mads Mikkelsen. Oh. The, yeah, his yeah. film, the, the Hunt. I forgot when the movie came out. I, I think it was not not too long ago, but still a relatively long time ago. But, um, it's yeah, called the hunt. Like, yeah, it's called the. It's just called the hunt. It came out. I think. I think it came out. Um, in twenty two thousand twelve. It's it, it, it's it was a it's a Danish film. Oh um, okay. Basically, this film was incredible. Like it made me like, it made me cry. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like it was just uh, there were certain scenes that were really hard for me to watch. Basically, this man, the main character, he gets accused of touching a little girl, but he we know he didn't because basically. He he's a, so he's a teacher and like he's a pretty he's a pretty good teacher like all the students love him like he play fights with the boys like he pretended so basically there was a scene where he was he was play fighting with the boys and he he's like oh you got me you got me and like he pretended to die and he just like lay there he's like oh and then she ran over the little girl like she was about she was like a five year old I guess she she didn't know any better but little girl was also his best friend's daughter and she goes over and kisses him while he's like pretending to be dead because she had a crush on him and he was like oh you can't do that that's not good. Um, you you only kiss your mom and dad. It's not you don't do that. Like, and then basically after that, she was like, she's like she stayed after after class at the school, and the teacher was like, one of the the principals like, what are you doing here? She's like, I I wasn't gonna walk home with Mr. Lucas because he would walk her home sometimes because after after school he he go hang out with her his best friend who also happened to be you know her father. So, um, she didn't walk home with him that day because she was like, like I hate Lucas. Blah blah blah, and then she she said. I'm not gonna say exactly what she said because huge spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, basically, it was along the lines of like he did this, and then we saw we kind of see everybody in the whole town really like you were touch you touched little girl was wrong with you, and then the girl's father was like I'm gonna murder you if I find out you actually did touch my daughter I'm gonna murder you, and it puts everybody like we see we see how how much it tears him apart because we know he we we all we all know he's innocent. Um, little girl, I think later on she admits that she's innocent, but like I think, believe, I believe so. Like that, her mom was like, "Are you sure you're innocent?" Because like it doesn't like that's not something you can just make up as a child. Which again, that's not too far fetched for a parent to say. Because like that's child, that's that is a lot for a child just to make up. Mm-hmm. But um, we see his whole life fight. We see his whole life uh, fall apart. We see him in a custody. Actually, he's actually at the time he's in a custody battle for his son. 
like his life was just flipped all around and we just see Max Mikkelsen's like we see a man slowly like break down and like lose himself within like something like this because like it's the stores like grocery stores won't sell to him like they killed his dog like it's just Whoa. yeah they it's a Manchester by the sea situation or is it like a kind of it's just it was it was it was in again like Max Mikkelsen oh my gosh he's he's this was like this was sold me like he's an incredible actor, incredible actor. Lord have mercy! Like he was an incredible actor. Like like I said, I cried. I I cried watching this film. But um, yeah, it was definitely it definitely like put us in like it made me really think. Cause I'm like, I don't think that little girl's in the like necessarily like because the people the the way they were there the whole time reacted was. I'm, I'm not going to say, they were definitely out of line for killing his dog, of course. That's, yeah, and beating him up in a grocery store is definitely out of line. But um, for them to believe the little girl for us, that's definitely not, that's 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 not the the wrong, they were, I'm not going to say, they, they weren't in the wrong for believing the little girl first, because, yeah, that's, mm. you know, you don't, you know, yeah. you, if the child, you, you should, you should take a child seriously to say something like that. But um, it definitely was, like, very insightful to see just how, how much it tore this character apart and Mass Mikkelsen's performance in his portrayal of this character was just gut wrenching. Like, good to see. Because, like, one thing I always hated when I was growing up watching TV shows when a character was like, he didn't do something, everybody in the class, like, the class was like, I'm not sure. I think you did it. Like, that always got that, that. That's that's bothered me since I was a little kid. But so to see it now um, on this type of scale was just nail biting. Like, I think. I I broke down several times watching this movie. Like it was just gut wrenching. Like it dragged me down a lot. And even at the end of the movie, when they all found out he didn't do it, there were still people who had their suspicions, and like his life will forever be changed by that. But um, overall, I think I could give this movie. I give this movie about a nine out of ten for the performances, the um storyline. This Max Mikkelsen. Oh my gosh! I think I'm gonna go into like a thought of his movies because that dude is an incredible actor. Because I just saw. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and he played Grindelwald, and did amazing with that as well. He, but, kill, um, he kills every role he has. Yeah, he's he's an incredible, and he speaks like four or five languages, I think. Crazy. Like he, so, super talented. But I give, again, I give the movie a 9 out of 10. Max Mikkelsen's performance, I give, he had the best performance, in my opinion. Um, my favorite scene was the church scene. Anybody who does watch it, you'll see the church scene is incredible. But um, yeah. What's your what's your third? What's your oh, sorry? What's your fourteen? Uh, actually, this is my third. Oh, thirteen. No, thirteen. Yeah. So um, we just had a whole. You know, Blaze had his whole thing about super dark and or super super personal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, real life. Now my thirteen. Is the complete opposite of that. It is the greatest movie on the history of the world. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, baby. Let's go. Oh, my God. Let's go. Okay. First of all, I'm not going to be too loud because I, this movie gets me fired up. Okay. This movie gets me fired up. I am a huge, mm-hmm. and I mean huge, Monsterverse fan. I yeah. love, I've seen most of the 1950s Godzilla and King Kong. Um, Destroy All Monsters, Rodan, I think Mothra, I've seen Mothra two or three times. I, I'm just, I'm a huge Monsterverse fan. And mm-hmm. when they announced this, 
I, this this was my most anticipated movie of 2019. Um, and this is when they after they announced Endgame or like once the Endgame thing, I was like, I don't care. I'm still hyped. I'm still super hyped for for Godzilla King Mach. I don't care. I don't care. This movie, I I will hold it to the day I die. Mm-hmm. This was so the monster action, the scope, the or the scale, the scope, the city destruction. I am, I am all in. I've been all in on this movie. This mm-hmm. movie got me more hyped. Um, and the I saw this night one with a bunch of monster like Godzilla monsterverse fans. Oh my god, such an unbelievable experience! Obviously, like three weeks earlier we had Endgame, but yeah. Anyways, that's not the point. But unbelievable experience, and dude, I get this movie is terrible. This is the worst movie ever. If you're watching it for a human, like human mm-hmm. movie, do not watch <laughs> it for a human movie. I've said this since 2019. Because 2014 Godzilla was the exact opposite. It was all human-based, and that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. It worked a lot. But 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters is all about the monsters, baby. This is so awesome. Actually, I I literally just watched the film a few weeks ago because I remember seeing it on your side. I was like, let me watch it. I forgot to tell you, like, I I loved it. It's it was, it was really oh good. Oh my god, the score is just just Toho. It's 1950 mm-hmm. Godzilla esque. I mean, I think it literally is 1950s something. I think it's 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 the Mothra looks so beautiful. I mean, I'm just the visuals. Just like I just literally can't stop talking about this. Like can't think about this movie. <laughs> this King Ghidorah is the freaking goat. It's he's a three headed dragon. Like what? Like how? Like I just I love this movie so much. This movie has me smiling right now. It's so good. No, no. This my favorite scene without a doubt is the I'm okay. That's a spoiler, so I'm not really gonna say that. But it's when it, it's it's the final. It's the whole final battle. It's the whole final. Battle. I'm just gonna say the whole final battle. But no, no, no. Well, yeah, it's still a spoiler. So I'm not really gonna say it. But you have to go watch this movie. I do not care who you are a fan of or what you're a fan of. This mm-hmm. is this is to me. I am such. I am in like this is the hottest, the hottest take ever. But like I, I just love this movie so much, and I know a lot of people are like, "This movie sucks. This movie's terrible. The humans were really like, good. please shut up. You came to watch a Godzilla movie and th- focusing on the humans. Come on, come on. Like, what are we doing here? This is just this. I just love this movie so much right now, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. I, I I have no idea if it's better. Ver- uh, no idea if it's better than um. Uh, the recent one, Godzilla vs Kong. I have no idea. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really compare them. But I think King of the Monsters. I don't you know. Like that could be recency. That guy. That could be my recency bias talking. But I don't know. I think I. I, I, I will put King of the Monsters over. I, I don't know. I'm a. I'm a huge MonsterVerse fan. And later on, you'll see some more MonsterVerse movies. But uh, they're they I. I can't really compare them because they're two totally different movies mm-hmm. totally and totally different movies so yeah. i don't really want to compare them i guess i'm gonna leave it at that uh obviously mm. my biased take is this movie's a 15 out of 10 <laughs> um but obviously i know that nobody's ever gonna get behind that and i'm not gonna get behind that but that's just from an action standpoint the action's just so goaded mm-hmm. um but 
everything else like I'm gonna just leave it at like a eight point five because mm. it's just kind of really like this is one of those so bad like terrible movies that it's just so good to you for some reason <laughs> like you, you you we all have those movies and that's okay but this is this is one of mine that is like it's such a terrible movie but it's so good for just all the right reasons so that's that was my completely totally different then blazes super dramatic and then mine was just a bunch of monsters fighting each other like i i just don't care man like i this, these movies make me so happy watching these and mm. see, seeing four monsters fight each other oh makes me so happy what is your, <laughs> hey, did you have a, a favorite scene from the movie well it's a spoiler and it used to be my lock screen because i was so happy and this is before mind you this is before nerds were allowed to be nerds like i just want to throw that out there because if you were a nerd in like 2019 you cared about a specific thing like if you were a marvel nerd i guess you i can understand it but me and blaze i don't think we knew each other in 2019 did we i i don't remember we did we did i think we did i i think we talked about endgame i'm really bad with years because i don't remember we met in um freshman years yeah, that was, we, we we met a freshman in that that Microsoft class. That was, oh yeah, that was 2017. Okay, All right, was, so we that, definitely did. We definitely yeah, did know each other. We definitely did know each other in 2019. Yeah. So yeah, so we we um I don't think we directly talked about this movie, by the way. But, uh, yeah, like that, that was like that was like a month. Like that was like, like, I, that, was like yeah, that, that was a few before COVID started. So yeah, we definitely we were like we were definitely talking before. Then. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't even remember what I was saying. 2019. Oh yeah, so this is This is before you could be a nerd without being a nerd. Like this yeah. is this is before everything happened with the nerd revolution happened and every <laughs> everything boosted and uh, you, all of a sudden. Uh, anyways, this is this is before all of that. And if you were a monsterverse fan in 2000, and, uh, I mean, well, I guess you could be a fan. Uh, 2019. If you're a monsterverse fan, in 2019, you were just you were outed you were basically shunned away because you you can't like a movie that has monsters in it it's not real oh no, my I remember, gosh i don't remember I, I think it was somebody in my class and like they were going to see the new godzilla and they, they got clowned yeah like, like you watching godzilla i'm like <laughs> i'm like dude bro it's a movie like godzilla like i'm sorry like and if you, people can like whatever they want to be like i just don't get how you can't like some stuff like how like how do you not see giant Giant monsters fighting and not get hyped. Like, sorry, like, like what? I again. Oh, this no. is before the nerd revolution that yeah, happened in like, 2020, 2021. I where... remember. I remember when like, it first started. If, I remember if, when it first started happening during, around Endgame. Actually, like Endgame is like when it first started happening. And yeah, I, have, I guess it I did. Have Tom Holland to thank for that. Because oh my gosh, wow! Like mm-hmm. I cannot. Tell you, I remember when. I, I remember when I when I first realized how big it was. It was the <laughs> semester right after, like the second semester of freshman year, and people were talking about how they're gonna go see Endgame. I'm like, I didn't know you were a Marvel guy, but Marvel fan. She's like, Oh no, I'm gonna go see Tom Holland. Oh my god, no, and that was then, Infinity War. That was Infinity War. Yeah, that was yeah, that was Infinity War. Infinity War. That's like when I saw like a lot more people, like a lot, like then like I think a lot more people saw how big it was getting. They're like, oh, I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go watch. Like, they realized, like, oh snap, this stuff is actually cool. And so, like a lot more people started to go see it. At least that's that's the case that uh, what happened at uh, our school. But um, yeah, like it was it was both a nice it was both a like a it was a bitter it was a bittersweet feeling. That and um, 
when a lot of people went to go see they went to go see that and right after that they went to go see no, you know, they went they went to go see Black Panther and Infinity War and Rocks. Like those are the two movies that like I feel like mm-hmm. at least at our school. That was that's jump started. It yeah. jump started the nerd revolution. So like but yeah that was it's it's different. It's different now. I, 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 I had a love hate feeling feeling towards that time because I was like I don't know. It was just it was just, I had a love hate relate like a love hate feeling towards like the whole everybody else getting I won't say I I want to gatekeep the stuff I liked. It just I got like they like people like clowned on everything I liked for like my entire life. So then exactly. like now Same it's cool. Yeah, so like exactly like we Bobby and I grew up we were into comic books and Godzilla and Star Wars. So like there definitely yeah. were Star Wars and Godzilla fans. They just weren't as prominent in where we went to school. But um Yeah. Yeah, this I saw this like opening night with a bunch of fan comic book fans and I tell mm-hmm. you the cheers Oh my God! Like just experience alone. And I took, I think I took Hayden and my sister, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, like seeing that with them is just, it's just crazy. It com- mm-hmm. compared to now, I mean, it, it's just it's bonkers compared to how far we come with this, especially MonsterVerse fans. Because yeah. MonsterVerse fans used to be scrounging. They didn't have a move. Well, actually, they did. Have, they we the monsters, the hardcore MonsterVerse fans who only watch MonsterVerse fans were used to be down so bad they used to be down so horrendous it was not even funny mm-hmm. oh my god but compared to now they're kind of eating good so mm-hmm. we, we can we can we can move on and yeah. just let you know this is the most underrated movie of all time possibly ever all right <laughs> so blaze what is your number 13 my third my number 13 it, okay, I'm not gonna lie it, it hurt me really badly to put this at 13 like it pained me oh no like, it like it physically hurt me. Like I was like, I don't know if I have to have it this low, but um, Man of Steel. What? That's thirteen. I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I watched this movie pretty frequently, so I think I guess probably around the time I rewatched it, I didn't hit as hard as the other movies on this list did. But um, man, don't get me wrong. Man of Steel is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, oh my gosh, people who hate on this movie, they hate on Henry Cavill Superman, are. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. You're allowed to have your own opinion, but I just, great. One of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. I feel like this movie get nails, gets so much right. And like that, I can't even like begin to, I don't know where to start, but um, I think I, I okay. The first thing I like that we got to see Krypton and like Clark's like the death, like the death of Krypton and, Clark growing up and whatnot, but um, my gosh, the the first light scene mm. is one of my favorite scenes oh in television movie history. Oh my god! Oh my god! The scene just Literally, coupled with the score. Oh, yeah, Hans, Zim- Hans, Zimmer. Hans Zimmer was in the lab oh. creating flames, dude. <sighs> oh my gosh! But the reason I have this movie. Okay, the real. I'll say the reason. I'm not gonna say the reason why it's the third. I'm gonna say why the reason why it's my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time is. So Superman, I've always enjoyed Superman as a character. I never enjoyed him as much as like I did other characters per se. Mm-hmm. But um, because in my head, like people, the main reason people didn't like it, they're like Superman was always like a boy, a chill boy and blue boy scout type <coughs> character. I was like, I get that. Don't get me wrong, but like, I just it just I feel like going my whole life and every seeing every interpretation of Superman be. Uh, 
truth, truth and justice, Boy Scout and Blue character would get repetitive and annoying. So like, mm-hmm. so like for me, you see, like you notice, like well, I, I love all three Spider Man so much. Like you don't even know, but um, they're there. You you can argue like all three Peter Parkers of all three versions of them are pretty different guys, but they all of them stay true to Spider Man in some way. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like that's how every superhero, every new adaptation of a superhero should go. Like, so Henry seeing Henry Henry Cavill as Superman as a guy who felt like an outcast his whole life. Like he always had to like hide a part of himself from everybody. We we see like the only time he doesn't feel like he, people say he always felt like a, he always seemed like a stoic God. No, he just seemed like a guy who was trying to like find him, find his, his, his groove within the role. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. he always, he was a lot more, he, he, he felt a lot more human when he was around the people he was comfortable with, like his mom, and then towards the end of the movie, like we saw in later ad- in later adaptations of the character, he was a lot more felt like a lot more human with Lois as well, because he, he felt human talking to them. And I think what another thing that coupled well with that with that version of Cavill was the fact that people didn't automatically trust him, which makes oh yeah perfect sense makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. But um, the CGI, oh my gosh, are are arguably arguably the best special effects in any superhero comic book film of all time. Mm. I will argue mm. that to my grave, but um mm-hmm. talk. Again, Keep talking. Oh my god. Just the, the third act alone. Thing, another thing that always so the scene where Grotto's about to not not I don't know what's the Zod was about to Grod not not not, not Gorilla Grod. But General Grod was threatening Clark's mom and Clark flew in and just started beating the crap out of him. I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself I was like, this is what I this is what I love. This is what I love. Because mm. at the time my my idea of Superman was Justice League Unlimited. That's the Superman oh, yeah. I, I knew it. I, yeah, I knew it yeah, loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um yeah, so and like I said, I feel like following the the, the same blueprint blueprint for a character, because Superman's gonna outlive both of us. Like it'll be like our great great grandkids will probably be going lining up in theaters to watch the new Superman movie. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I highly doubt a thousand years from now, because I don't doubt in a thousand years Superman will still be present. Like I, I don't doubt that. Mm. But um, a thousand years from now, I highly doubt that they're going to be following the same blueprint. I feel like Cavill was the first step into the direction out of that blueprint, because he definitely was getting to that role that everybody loved loved him for, loved Superman for the the chill, not, not I don't want to say chill, but like <coughs> an inspirational, hopeful symbol of hope type hero. I yeah. guess. The re- I feel like people we we the reason we didn't get that was because he was this was him coming into Superman pretty much. I feel like there wouldn't have been a lot of chances for him to like the only time he could have been inspirational was seeing him save people, but the only time he could save people the only thing he could save people from in this film were the Kryptonians and it's kinda hard for him to have an inspirational moment right after we see five buildings collapse. Yeah. So, like we we're seeing yeah. buildings on buildings on buildings getting destroyed. We see debris falling. So I, I highly doubt that Clark. This is again like this is again Clark himself. He experiences everything as we did. He grew up as a human. So for him to see buildings and everything falling, I highly doubt the first thing on his mind is going to be let me save someone in the most inspirational way possible. <laughs> I highly doubt like if Bobby and I woke up one day we had powers and lived ten years with powers hiding them, and then all of a sudden had to go save save a city. <laughs> saw saw planets dying. Saw people dying. Saw this dude who could who could whoop my ass 
going around killing people, destroying buildings. I, I highly doubt you or I, our first thought would be, let me be inspirational and <laughs> and, and hopeful, inspire hope. Like, I had, like, that's, that's, that's why I always felt the argument that Cavill Superman was felt too serious was really dumb, in my opinion, because I don't know how any other way that they could have executed him there. That's just, that was just the best way to go. Like, that, that was the best execution, in my opinion. Mm. And knowing the cinematography mm. or. <laughs> Oh my god! Makes me act up right now, bro. Just, oh just honestly, I just gotta say, this is one of my favorite movies, Superman movies ever. This may be my favorite Superman movie ever. I'm a huge Christopher Reeve fan, by the way, like a yeah. massive Christopher Reeve fan. I thought he did awesome, and then Henry Cavill comes in. Oh my god! He just played. It looks exactly like him. The scene where he's like getting. Okay, how do I word this? He's getting like pushed down on the ground by the the world engine. And like mm-hmm. the Saudis, I don't remember yeah, where they were. Up. Yeah, and he stood up and he looked mm-hmm. straight up. I swear to God, that was Christopher Reeve. I swear on everything mm-hmm. that was Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, CGI was just phenomenal. Michael Shane and Zod was phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just gonna say this now for eventually later on when we get to my further parts of my list. I love city destruction sequences, and I love end of the world's apocalyptic movies, as we'll see later on. Oh my god! Just I think about this third act almost every single day. Like mm-hmm. it is, oh, it it's just it's <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's I can't. It's so awesome. Literally, oh my god! And I can't even begin like. To like describe to you like how, how like how much because when I first well, I was ten when I first watched this movie. Yeah. When you watching it now, I felt I had a whole newfound appreciation for it. Just, oh my god, <laughs> it feels so good. Like going back to a movie you saw as a kid and just finding new things that you like that you love about it. Mm. This is definitely one of those movies, and I think if Cavill, I know he's not gonna come back as Superman. That breaks my heart because, like, whoa, oh my, whoa, we don't know that. We don't know. That. We don't. I, I never want to speak anything to his existence. We don't know that. We don't. Don't. Right don't. now, him, Christopher Reeves, um, and I don't want to say his last name, but Tyler, the guy who plays Superman and Superman and Lois, are some of my favorite Superman. Oh yeah. So, yeah, just an amazing film, amazing score. My favorite, my favorite <laughs> performance probably was. That's actually really hard, actually. I can, yeah. I don't know if I can pick a favorite performance. I think this might be a hot take. It might be potentially, potentially, potentially. I'm not sure, but um, General Zod. Yeah, honestly, that's mine, too. I was yeah. going to say, uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And as, as General Zod, did, he did phenomenal. Oh, he did awesome. Oh, like, my God. Another thing I hated was when people were like, he didn't have to kill Zod. Okay, buddy. Whatever. Oh, um, yeah. I That scene where he snaps his neck in the... And he just screams. Oh, my God. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Dude, this movie is, is so ahead of its time. It's not even mm-hmm. funny. Like, it just... Like, like, oh. are, are, honestly, I put, this, I put this over a large portion of MCU films or superhero films in general. So, like... Yeah, this is top five. Honestly, you know, yeah. Of comic book movies for me personally, it's maybe even top three to be honest. I, I don't know how high it goes. If I revise my list, it probably would end up being top five. Yeah. I, I don't blame you at It's all. easily top ten for me. Maybe it easily is top five for me as well, but mm-hmm. probably general consensus is top ten. Mm. And that's completely fine. Yeah. Do then... you 
day. My favorite scene. Can't pick. I, I think either either his first flight or the part where when he stood up stood up uh, against the world engine. Mm. Yeah, mine, the, I, I I really can't pick. It's uh, too much, like too many amazing scenes. Mine, mine's honestly just um just the city destruction sequences because <laughs> uh i love some city destruction sequences and you, you and me both i just i love seeing a, a city like get destroyed by this like magnet thing get, like crushing cars like oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good and the sound design and the score it's mm-hmm. just it's honestly it's it, this is high up on there for me but i just I, didn't I see it recently so i don't this is a criminal. This is thirteen for you. This is criminal. Honestly, bro, like, I think it's because the only reason I have that thirteen is because I watched it probably like yeah seven times since. <laughs> since <January>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Everything else had probably had like a bigger impact on me right now. I feel like if I went two months without watching and watched it again, I probably would have had it much higher. But I definitely think it's a better film than almost everything else on this list. But criminal, yeah, criminal. It's don't even. I think I think it's one of the greatest. Superhero films of all time, mm-hmm. definitely like it does not get get the love it deserves. So yeah. yeah. What's your number twelve? Uh, my number twelve again, totally opposite here. We're gonna go. Oh wait, twelve. Uh, this is horrible bosses. Mm. Another Charlie Day movie and uh, another couple. Well, I think that's one. Horrible bosses. Yeah, it's uh, Jason Bateman, who I am a super fan of. Again, mm-hmm. so I'm a super fan of Jason Bateman. I've seen almost, uh, I think, all of his movies. Um, Horrible bosses two was on this list originally, but Akira and Marry Me took that over that spot. Uh, <laughs> these Horrible bosses one and two are literally. You know how some people have like comfort movies that are like so bad they're like um, awesome, like, kind, of, kind of like Godzilla King Monsters. Yeah, I watch this movie whenever I'm so so sad or like sad and like i just don't like i just watch this movie watch any of these two movies and i crack up laughing each time the -hmm. first one is definitely a better movie honestly Mm -hmm. i didn't realize how awesome some of these casts were or these like how awesome this cast was in particular like the first one had uh kevin spacey which you know now it's bad, but Colin Farrell was in this movie, who the recently just did Batman or The Penguin, and okay. um, I'm blanking would... on the third man. I'm blanking on the third man. Oh uh, no, I'm blanking on the third man. Anyways, I oh oh um Jennifer Aniston was the third lady. Yeah yeah. Oh, like, okay. Jennifer Aniston. I, I yeah completely blanked. That's my bad. But uh. Again, Charlie Day, super fan. Like, Jason Bateman, super fan. Mm-hmm. So I love these movies. And, like, honestly, I'm not just going to talk about how funny it was because it was, it's really hilarious and some of the jokes are really, really funny, I still say, to this day. Um, but, I mean, it's it's just the chemistry between the three. Oh, my God. It, it's just – it's insane. Like, they just bounce off each other so so well mm-hmm. like it's it's pretty rare especially in today's like years prior you had like the rush hour and you had all the the comic book comedy duos of like the wayne brothers even so we're just gonna say that this trio of even jason sudeikis who has since transformed into a i don't want to say serious role but 
just seeing these actors act together after watching after watching all the movies like Ozark and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, uh, Ted Lasso, like seeing mm-hmm. all three of these guys now watching it now and seeing like this is 2010, 2011. Like it's, it's, it's crazy watching it now. Like some of the stuff will absolutely cannot fly now, but it's, it's just, it's so awesome for me to watch. And honestly, this is just me pick. It's, it's, it's an hilarious movie. Jamie Foxx like, is, isn't even in this movie and he, or he's barely in this movie and he kills it. So yeah. Do you have a favorite scene? Oh, oh my God. I, I, mm really when uh, I because I, uh, it's, it's between two and I, I like most of them I like it's no that's the second one you call your grandma you call you call your grandmother uh, Gam Gam yeah well that one and when they break into the house and he's like a bender over the barrel and Show the fifty states or something. It's something around it. I, I I can't really pick a favorite scene. I'm gonna be honest. I just love all of the one-liners. I love the whole mm-hmm. subplot that Charlie's a sex offender and they bring it up every or or that Charlie Day's character is a sex offender and they bring it up every single chance they get. It's so <laughs> funny for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 just it's really funny. It's really funny to me and honestly. Hey, this is this is kind of a this is a sleeper pick for me. I don't know how this could have been higher, so mm-hmm. it's kind of shocking to me. Is this at what twelve? Mm-hmm. So it honestly works as a movie too, by the way. So I'm not gonna give this. I think it's like eight point eight point or probably probably I'll give this a seven. I go to seven, but it's it's so funny. Oh my god, mm-hmm. what's what's your twelve? Uh, what's your twelve? My twelve is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Mm. Yeah, I just rewatching that movie was like because I I I, really, I I didn't get into Harry Potter until like probably like a few summer I think a summer or two ago because I was never allowed to watch it when I was younger. So when I got on HBO Max, I said, "Oh, they're all on here. Might as well watch them." And I saw what all the hype was about because wow, oh my goodness! <laughs> like, but um, I never understood like seeing seeing a character grow up like grow up grow up. It was always like hit hard for me when I was watching an animated show. But seeing yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grant go, literally grow up as these characters and then seeing the last movie was just tears in my eyes. I kid you not. Watching the final scene, and the final scene was just the, the three of them standing next to each other panning out. And I just immediately thought back to, like, literally when they were 11 years old in the first movie. And I was like, that's just beautiful. Like, beautiful. And then Voldemort. Voldemort's one of the most iconic villains of all times. Like, he's... Yeah, menacing. Like it's crazy how he got beat by by teenagers, but the way they went about it was actually pretty, pretty, pretty clever. Like J.K. Rowling, I don't agree with anything she says. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't agree with her. She, yeah, but um, I, I, Harry Potter, fantastic series. Oh my gosh, like, but I think my favorite performance in the movie was. That's even harder to pick. I don't think I can pick a favorite performance, but um, my favorite scene was um, <coughs> the final clash between Harry and Voldemort. Because seeing, because the whole movie, like the entire series, built up to that that one moment 
this like a mad like imagine being an 11 year old and then they're like oh yeah one of the most powerful wizards of all time wants to come back to life and kill you like he's coming back from the dead dead to kill you and take over the world pretty much like that's that's a pretty terrifying thing to hear as an 11 year old yeah but um just seeing harry as a like i remember like i was just sitting down and what like just looking like looking looking and i'm like he was literally like 11 years old when this all happened and now i see him like a grown man and it's just like tears and tears man oh my goodness gracious but like this whole movie alan again oh yeah alan rickman alan rickman legend goat oh my gosh fantastic goat, but, goat. Um, that was just this movie was just incredible and then harry as a harry as a character was like he always intrigued me growing up because i remember i had got i actually used to wear circular glasses perfect circle glasses and i had I, and again i wasn't allowed to watch harry potter so when people used to make fun of me for that i was like i don't even know who that is <laughs> so, i think i only i only have those circular glasses i didn't, I didn't i was mad that i was getting glass so i just picked the first ones that i saw and they happened to be circular and the lady's like, oh, you'll be like Harry Potter. I was like, I don't know who that is, but cool. But I, I heard about him. I just never knew what he looked like. So I remember looking him up. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. And I was like, I see why I'm getting, I, they, they were all calling on me for it. But, um, yeah, oh, my gosh, fantastic film. The whole, the way they, the whole way they had to, they had to go about defeating Voldemort was actually really interesting. I won't spoil anything. That's I'm trying so hard to tiptoe around spoilers right now, but oh my gosh, Voldemort, uh, the Voldemort as Voldemort, oh he used to freak me out because I I knew I always knew who he, who he was because I remember, and I think in fourth grade there was people who would print out pictures of him and post them on the school, <laughs> and like I remember we he like teacher would talk to their class like the students about trying trying to get us to snitch and say who did it, but um Voldemort always creeped me out, but um. <laughs> Uh, what? He, he always creeped me out. He was like a pale blonde, like pale blonde, like a pale bald guy with sharp teeth and no nose. So, but um, yeah, just oh my gosh, Voldemort's performance in this movie was just one of the most iconic. One of my favorite quotes that I quote like almost on the daily in my head is, "The boy who lived, come to die." <laughs> Yeah, and then the battle of the battle of Hogwarts. I think that's okay. I know I, I take my what back what I said. I think battle of Hogwarts in that scene might be my favorite scenes in that movie. But my favorite scene in the franchise will come later because I have another movie from the franchise on my list. I know I didn't want to do that, but I had to. Oh my gosh! I had to. I had to. But um, overall, I give this film eight eight point seven. It could have been it could have been a nine, but there was stuff that held it back but um like i don't like the way that they killed voldemort again i won't get too deep into the spoilers was harry overpowered him yes but at the same time it wasn't harry that harry wasn't necessarily the whole cause of voldemort being defeated which i thought was i didn't mind but at the same time I was like his whole life of build-up just for him not to be the one the exact one to take him out was kind of anticlimactic but also works pretty well so I think that was the only thing that held the film back for me but um what's your number 12 number 12 or number 11 number 11 is actually licorice pizza okay 
because that was a recent watch for me. So you told me to watch that through a, um, we're going to say legal website or legal <laughs> legal streaming service. Different streaming services that's not as used as most, most people use as much. So we'll just yes. call it. <laughs> we'll, we'll say legal streaming service. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, wow. I mean, kind of. Now, the premise is a little weird, and yeah, the execution is a little weird. I could have done without the her being 25, 26, and him being 15, because yeah. they, they could have easily made him 19 or made her 20. And, yeah, I, but aside from that, everything else, yeah. Yeah, that's the, only part that, that's the only part that threw me off, and yeah. it kind of turned me off, and I didn't really... I didn't want their love to become a thing. And obviously, well, you know, well, yeah. eventually the, the cliche catches up. But anyways, um, mainly the story and everything, how it works. That dude, I don't remember his name, his the character's name, the character's name. But the I remember the actor's name. But oh, that, yeah. yeah, his uh, he can act. Mm-hmm. He can act. And his character is a hustler. He is so (laughs) smart. And he just, he does, he does, he does everything right. And and it's, it's kind of, it's actually kind of refreshing to watch something like that. Mm. Um, And it's, it's really cool. And the, the, the main part, (laughs) the main thing that sticks with me, and I I know you're going to get a reaction when I say it. Is you're gonna, um, it's the main thing that sticks with me in this movie is Bradley Cooper's cameo, or well, not really cameo, his part in the movie mm-hmm. is it's, it's so crazy, like it's it's so funny to me. And obviously, this is not about Bradley Cooper, like at all. Yeah, I think, I think I definitely agree with you on that. It's it's just it's so funny to me for some reason I have no idea why and it, it it's a it's a great screenplay it's a great it, the direction is phenomenal in this movie the music is is really really interesting to listen to um it's it's just a very solid very very solid uh very solid movie and I really haven't seen a lot from this director I think I've seen Boogie Nights I think he did Boogie mm-hmm. Nights. I could, I could be completely wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he did another movie like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a very very solid movie. Yeah, favorite scene, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper scene. <laughs> like I don't blame you. Literally that. And Tristan, Tristan. Yeah, if you don't, if I think he says something along the lines of, "If you don't do that, I'll kill your whole family." Or something like that without blinking an eye or something like something like that like it's oh my god like, I love he like he he's added something else like it just you know I, I didn't he, like he, he he did he wasn't like a main factor in the plot but like just him being there I loved it so yeah look, it, look it's again the premise and the execution is definitely a little off-putting but yeah. it works it works a lot. It works a lot for me. So definitely an eight, an a solid eight mm-hmm. on the on the that that was uh, Cooper's first like that 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 was his first acting job in a movie. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and his his father, his father was an incredible actor as well. So. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, also, side note, another It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia character. Let's go. Mary Elizabeth <laughs> Ellis, Charlie Day's wife, let's go, is in this movie for like, I don't know, two minutes, but let's go. The waitress is back. Anyways, that's, that is, um, Another reason why I want to watch the movie, <laughs> not because of that, but uh, you know, it's it's yeah. a very solid eight movie, and it, it works a lot. And it, the direction is com- it's just crazy. It, it is crazy how cr- it's it's a very good movie. Very good movie. Mm. Would recommend. Would would recommend. What is your number? What is that? Eleven. What is your number eleven? My number eleven is uh, Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. Oh, <laughs> my favorite Star Wars film. I get hate for that all the time. I, I, I no, uh, uh-uh. I love that film so much. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. But, first off, Obi Wan Kenobi is my favorite Star Wars character. Just putting that like he's really yeah he's like ever yeah okay that's a hot take I guess I yeah. guess that's a hot take. Luke, Luke's up there. Don't get me wrong, but like Obi Wan. He's just always been that guy for me. I, I remember the first time I ever like had any, my, my first introduction to Star Wars. I think I was, uh, I, I remember I was really little, and I played on my cousin's DS. Uh, I think it was his DS. Uh, I don't remember. It was really long ago, but um, Star Wars, the Complete Saga, Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga. And he was like, greatest you know, game ever, by the way. Just want to let you know. If you haven't played that game, go play it or play the newest uh, Lego Lego Star Wars: Star- Star- Greatest Star- game. Ever made ever in the history of video games? Probably like I I I can't even argue with that because <laughs> <laughs> I remember I got on my I I got on my old iPod and I used to play that game every day on the bus. But, uh, but yeah, Obi Wan yeah Obi Wan's my favorite character. But um, I think this film was really like what made me sit there and think about like the whole Jedi Order as a whole. It was like I don't necessarily disagree with Anakin, but killing kids is never the answer <laughs> yeah but um i think the main reason i think the the most the, the emotional weight behind this film was what holds keeps it so high for me oh my god oh my god it's the highest <laughs> it's the most emotional movie i've seen in a while yeah like uh hands down the most emotional star wars movie for me personally yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, that's what i meant that's what i meant after watching the phantom menace and attack on the attack of the clones and Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship, seeing it, seeing it just shatter in that moment where <laughs> the most, like, one of the most iconic moments in film history. You were the chosen one. I have the high ground. You were the chosen one. That one, that one hurts. The... That scene, that scene was gut-wrenching because like you could see in Anakin's face, like he felt he like he didn't regret what he did, but he felt bad for going because he still loved Obi-Wan. He said, he, he said, I hate I, he like, I hate you. He's like you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. I was like, that scene hit so hard for me. Mm. Oh my gosh! But um, you know, that's that movie also had what? Okay, one 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 thing that was a huge letdown for me personally. This movie was the fight between Obi Wan and General Grievous. Cause yeah, yeah, he's, he was like he he was a Jedi killing cyborg with four arms, four lightsabers, and he got shot in the chest. Yeah, like I just felt like it, this should have been should have been. More of a, I thought. I thought when going into that, I thought I was gonna. I was gonna see some like next level lightsaber skills, but I, I was kind of disappointed. But I still enjoyed it. You're telling me like, you didn't. You didn't like the hello there. You didn't. You didn't like that. You I liked it. I liked it. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I I wanted more, I guess. But um, yeah. But 
What? That's the. It's. Oh my god. I think of. I've. I quote that whole final sequence. It's the most gut wrenching piece in Star Wars cinema history ever in the history of anything ever. Mm -hmm. Um, The emotional factors. I mean, you. I don't think we've really seen a movie or a franchise where we go two movies building and building and building upon a relationship, and then Mm -hmm. the third one. Just everything that yeah, it's it's blinks. That, you turns on a dime. That's like the main thing. The main reason why I had the movie above all the other ones, because if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm thinking like if I want if I'm if I'm thinking like taking away the emotional aspect, I'd probably say The Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. But um, this no, movie, no, this is hard to heart, especially after watching because I, I I remember I was I used to watch the Clone Wars when I was younger because basically the Clone Wars. Just, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the, Attack of the Clones. So, I try to watch the Clone Wars as much as I could before watching the Revenge of the Sith. And so, watching Revenge of the Sith, seeing Anakin and Obi Wan's relationship throughout that throughout that series, and then, um, watching Revenge of the Sith for the first time, I think I was I forgot. I think I was probably I think I, was, I believe I was nine when I, I was either eight or nine. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I cried watching that for the first time. Mm. It was just, I'm not gonna lie. I, a lot of movies used to get me emotional as a kid when a character I like died or like the two characters I like just stopped being friends. I, I hate. I used to hate stuff like that. But um, yeah. If you if you're a Star Wars fan and you don't have this the, the Obi Wan uh, Anakin Anakin uh, fight in your top two or maybe even top one, you're doing something wrong. Like you're absolutely doing something wrong. No, again, this is my favorite Star Wars movie too, as well. Like, Empire's like right there. Like it is one A, one B, and it flip flops between time and time. So I guess this isn't my favorite. It's one of the one A, one B because it kind of flip flops. Mm-hmm. But just the just it's really iconic. And I remember watching this as a kid, and I was like, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I like the lightsabers. Lightsabers are cool. And now I'm like, pain. Like, yeah. it doesn't... It it, it, it hurts. It hurts mm-hmm. that you were the chosen one. You turned your back on to... Like, it just... Oh, it's so painful to watch now. And it's so awesome. We actually get a scene like that in uh, otherwise pretty, pretty bright and happy, kid-friendly... Uh, Star Wars franchise, so yeah, big big kudos to them on that one because, like, I, that scene, like that's that's like that's one of the scenes that stuck with me in like all of, of all of fiction, really, because mm. Obi Wan and King like my favorite character in all of television, movie, anything, and like so seeing them, just that scene <laughs> itself just really hurt. Like, yes. I don't want to say it scarred me as a kid; it just. It hit me really hard in the feelings, and I can say that without a doubt. I could, mm. I give this movie a nine out of ten. Ewan McGregor's performance, hated. I'm, I know a lot of people hated hate his performance. I, I don't. He, he, he did great. I loved him. And then <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson in the movie, they they did him so dirty. Yeah, they couldn't do. I think there were so many times he stayed to be like extremely powerful, extremely strong, and then he gets negged that easily. It's terrible, but it was great. Natalie Portman, 
Ooh. Takes the cake for me. He's my favorite thing in almost in all the prequels. And yeah, that's that's just that. But um yeah, that's my number. That's my number eleven. What's your number? What do you have a number ten? I forgot uh, to say but I Mary's movie nine out of ten. My favorite scene was was that my favorite performance was Ewan McGregor. I don't know if I said that, but if I did, there it is again. <laughs> yeah, my number ten is actually a movie I saw recently as in the last month for the first time uh juno okay juno i've really again another one of these mid 2000 comedies on my list on my list uh just it honestly kind of impressed me and i know they just did a whole thing at the oscars a couple weeks ago with the like the reunion or whatever with them i mean obviously this is very different but i've only seen this movie one time Mm -hmm. um it didn't really. Oh, is that the one? Uh, isn't Michael Sarah in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I think I've seen. I think I. I don't know if I. I feel like I've seen this. I, I used to watch a lot of Michael Sarah films when I was younger, and I never realized. Um, yeah, I. Yeah. I only really reckon, rec, uh, recognize him from Arrested Development, and that's really all I really knew him from. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I got Pilgrim versus the World. Oh yeah, that's that was on. Yeah, that was on. That's such a go-to movie. Anyways, I mean, we're bad, you know, and a few others, but yeah. 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 Anyways, anyways, (laughs) yeah. I recently watched this, and um, it didn't really blow me away. It just kind of, I've, I wasn't really, I don't want to say impressed at first, and then, like, there's a certain shift. I'm not gonna say when, but there's just like a, like a, it's, it's, hmm. I can't really explain it in the way I want to, but I don't want to say the characters. I, I don't know how. Okay. All right. Anyways. So the main, the main girl, um, she was such a phenomenal actress in this role because obviously you can't really tell a story like that. And also, by the way, I, I you know, just now also remembering Jason Bateman is in this movie as well, and Jennifer Garner. So, I mean, so, and J.K. Simmons is in this movie too. I forgot about that. Okay, I, I really, really recently remembering this movie. So, d- such a unbelievable script, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. mm, a lot of the stuff that has to go right, it has to be this way. Oh my God, it's just such a heart heartwarming film mm-hmm. about teen pregnancy which is honestly such a tough task to do especially then and now now it's mm-hmm. it's it's um it's very very cool to watch and mm-hmm. it's not really necessarily a comedy movie even though they say a lot of jokes and it's a lot you know funny but mm-hmm. it's kind of more a, like a like a like a not a romance but a drama i guess mm-hmm. because it kind of but i i love like like not origin story like character driven stories and like mm-hmm. kind of movies like this that like go live and die by their characters but not really here the pacing is really cool the writing is actually pretty good mm-hmm. the uh the soundtrack is pretty good all the characters are really, really likable, and they actually are 
kind of real. They're real. Uh, Jennifer Gardner's story in particular, or like her, her and Jason Bateman's dynamic is oh, so heartbreaking. Oh my god, it's so heartbreaking. You know, Jason, when you go, when you watch a Jason Bateman movie, you you are basically accepting the fact that he is going to be an asshole, and that's okay because that's just that's, that's just every role he is. The then. only role I've seen where he wasn't necessarily an asshole was in Arrested Development. That's yeah, that's basically the only one I'm thinking of too. And like he wasn't necessarily he, okay. He wasn't that because Joe was an asshole in the rest of the development, but that's <laughs> sorry, but... yeah. That's that's basically when you you're expecting you actually know you're going to get an asshole role from Jason Bateman, but he just excels at playing guys like that. So honestly, everything kind of went right for me in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really heartwarming, and it, it just kind of. Like I think she was a like, um, what's it? I think this is an indie movie actually. Hmm. I think this is an A twenty four movie or a f- studio like that. So I guess it must have came on the scene again. I just watched the movie the first time ever, so I don't really know the whole backstory behind it. But I, you know, as from looking at it as a film, everything d- film head, so. It it worked for me. It worked a lot. It kind of everyone kind of wowed me, I guess. So stole. Oh, that's the word I was looking for. Stole stole my heart. Stole my heart. It it just it's it's really really cool. It's really really cool to watch. Um, I don't know how to rate this movie because I'm just eight. Let's play. Let's. I rate this as an eight. I rate it as an eight. Uh-huh. It's just a, it's just it's a very it's a very heartwarming movie, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not necessarily a comedy movie. So yeah, I like movies like that. Mid mid two thousand comedy movies are kind of where 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 I was at in that time and kind of in now because <laughs> of my list. So fit the fit the niche quite quite well. Not the most in-depth analysis there, but it's no, it's, no. it's just it's just like a it's it's not it's a it's, like it's a gut like a, feeling. It's a, yeah. more of a gut feeling movie, type of type of movie. Yeah. Uh, that's just that's how we roll. We we talk is super super in depth about Godzilla King of the Monsters, but then when an actual movie comes around, <laughs> and an actual movie that has actual story and actual characters, you're like. Kind of your brain cast bats out a little bit, so we're we're all right. We're chilling. It's how it's how we do it. Also, it's like about to be three a.m. So yeah, brain... you know, it's it's really late. And we talk we talk more about Godzilla Human Monsters than we do actual movies. It's all right. We, that that's just who we are. Yeah. So we are now. Who's your what's your number ten? My number ten. I don't, oh yeah, I'm sorry. My number ten is actually your name movie I told you about. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But um. So I'm not gonna get too in depth in depth because I know you might want to watch it. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, one thing this movie has been regarded as like one of the best animated, animated uh, one of the best. Well, I don't has some of the best animation of any animated movie. I might really, and I just watched Akira, so you're gonna have to yeah, like, this has to really wow me. Like every scene in there, like looks like it's spent the the, the anime has spent weeks on it just. But animation, color wise, ten out of ten. But character wise, both both characters were pretty interesting. But I feel like 
their dynamic is what really got me because it's it's a it was a freaky friday type situation where they were body swapping basically. Uh. and so they were like we saw we, we slowly saw them start to try to like communicate with each other leaving notes for each other saying like okay don't do this don't do that and we saw we slowly see them each other trying to balance each other's life out pretty well which is was actually it was actually pretty good scene it was entertaining and then we realized that they're they're not just swapping bodies they're swapping times as well which again i won't get too deep into spoilers sake but, um, yeah it was just really interesting seeing how the writers just went about making their dynamic especially since like we don't see them interact face to face until the end of the movie which was honestly like now i'm thinking about it, it was actually seems like it would be really difficult to do that create make a character have that type of bond without them ever talking on the phone without ever directly talking to each other was just really like really really like kudos on them really but um soundtrack amazing fantastic soundtrack character wise characters i give the characters about an eight out of ten that character dynamic nine uh storyline nine animation ten the soundtrack nine but as a whole i don't the movie i give it i give i would give it a nine but um i think my favorite scene would probably be there's there was a scene where the meteor destroyed a city and for a scene as dark as that, it was actually the animation was, oh my gosh, like that's <laughs> like one some one of the most beautifully animated scenes I've ever seen in my life. But um, yeah, I think I can't really say a favorite performance though because like they're animated characters, so, like I can't. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. What's good? What? What's number nine. Uh, my number nine actually is the final one we're we'll doing for this episode. In a future episode, part two to this episode, we're talking about our one through or eight through one. Uh, my number eight, or wait, what? Number nine is "Call Me by Your Name." Mm-hmm. Call me by your name. Uh, this I also recently saw this for the first time, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know anything about this. Is well, no, this is no, this is after Dune. I watched this, so I didn't really know anything about Timothy Chalamet. Like, I'd only really seen him in Interstellar. Mm-hmm. So, I this is my, like, introduction, and I, I'm just going to assume this is his breakout role, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to assume that. Because he was in stuff before, but this is, like, what really, like, had people talking about him. Okay, because that's what I was assuming, but... I you never really know for sure because I remember him in Interstellar, and then something else in around. Oh, Beautiful Boy! That's the other one I was thinking of. That's a go-to movie. Go-to movie. Uh, yeah. So actually, yeah. Um, Timothy Chalamet is a superstar in this movie. Oh my god, he is a superstar. Him and Army Hammer's like dynamic and their whole. Um, we're gonna leave it at. Uh. More than, more nope. They're lovers. They're they're kind of more than friends. They were lovers. Lovers. They were lovers. We'll say lovers. Um, their whole dynamic about that is, oh, it's just crazy. It's it's crazy good. Um, and the cinematography of I think this is Italy or around Greece. One of the two. Italy. It was it was around it was one of the foreign areas. Uh, or, 
I forgot what part of Italy, but it was off the I think the Italian countryside. Because okay, I think it, I thought it was Greece for some reason, but I guess it is Italy. Um, I mean, just just it. I mean, just the cinematography is crazy good. Obviously, you're gonna have teen hijinks and whatever, so I'm not really too worried about that. But a pretty much straightforward story. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty very simple to follow along with. For me, I'm not, you know, the smartest. So <laughs> if if a simple plot works, is I can follow along with, oh my God, it's easily a 20 out of 10 movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, this definitely is super deep. Um, Like, I know the whole theme of this is love is really complicated, I guess. Yeah. So the I, deeper aspect is kind of crazy. Like, you said what? The last thing we found out that Oliver was like getting married to his wife, his uh, fiance. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I'm, I, it's, I, the message is, it's very clear. Like, 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 I, 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 like, again, like, I, like, like you, I went in blind thinking it was going to be like another love story, but like, it was, it was it was a love story that didn't work, which, um, it was just it was a great film though. But do you have a favorite? Yeah, scene? favorite scene. I mean, you can't really go wrong with the ending scene. Mm-hmm. You can't really go wrong with it like at all. It this movie also does get really erotic in certain areas, <laughs> like almost like too erotic like i was just sitting there laying down or like watching the thing on the tv i was like whoa 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 wait a second now the only thing that really like set me back was like the peach scene i was like whoa yeah a peach mm. duly noted mm-hmm. i was like that's uh i don't know if that's how that works or not but yeah, yeah. performance Oh, Tim Chalamet, without a doubt. He was a superstar in this movie. Superstar. I mean, you, you, you'd be like, what? what? What age would he have been? 16 or no, probably like 17, 18. He wasn't young, young. I mean, he's like 21 now or 22. He's, he's, he's 26 now. He's 26? I, yeah. no, I, I don't know any act. I, so he's been 21. Know that he's like around the same age as like Tom Holland. Tom Holland, okay, yeah, Timothy Chalamet is twenty six, and he was he would have been twenty when he yeah, did this about, movie. About twenty, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just really really awesome. Wait, when? Um, did, oh. What? When did, when did this movie come out? Two thousand and seventeen. Oh, then he okay. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So 2017. Yeah, just just a phenomenal movie, and uh, it's okay. definitely gonna take a couple more watches to figure out. Yeah, what I missed. You said what? Yeah, like I'm thinking now, like he he was pretty young, like for that movie. That, that actually pretty impressive. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean he he deserved awards, and Army Hammer did a phenomenal job as well. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal movie. I just, it's um, I'm just gonna say, not my cup of tea per se. Like, obviously, the romance movies have already you know shown up on the list, but a, a highly 
Yep, just leave it at not not my cup of tea per se. It's it's I can't watch a whole lot of those because otherwise I'm just gonna get lost. Because <laughs> the most of those scenes, this movie could have been probably 15 minutes shorter. Mm-hmm. Because some of the long scenes and the long takes and the long panning, I, you could get you can get 15 minutes. You can this could be a 90 minute movie, but obviously. It works a lot. It works. It works a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is like a nine. This is like a nine. Mm. I mean, eh, yeah, this is a nine. This is a nine for me. Okay. It, this works a lot for me. If it did, if I don't enjoy these type of movie, or if, if I don't like these type of movies, and I say a movie is a nine out of ten, it's gotta be. It's gotta be crazy. Like, mm. It's. It, it's gotta be. It's gotta be crazy good. What is what is your final number nine? My final number nine is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. Oh, okay. Like I said, seeing them grow up is freaking amazing. But this movie was like, in my opinion, this movie was like the most dreadful in a sense because this was the first one they, when they weren't at Hogwarts. They were legit just trying to find Horcruxes so they could beat Voldemort. It was kind of just. It felt like really like. The cinematography was great as it is in every movie, but like this one just felt like a lot more hopeless. Like these are like it really felt like, yo, these are seventeen year olds trying to fight a, a, a like a evil wizard terrorist guy. <laughs> like, like trying to literally save the world and we really see that get to the characters because like a lot of times like he We'll see, like in superhero movies and stuff, we'll see young heroes be like all hope, like hopeful at times. They're like, we'll get, they'll get knocked down and be sad for a minute, but get back up. But this will we see, like, they are all dreading what they're doing. Like, they do not want to be doing what they what they're doing. Like, they're all going through it. They're all like, we see them. They all look depressed. Everything. We see one of the characters. He actually like legit leaves the crew because he's like, hey, I have a bunch of family and I'll have the radio on every day because I'm afraid I'm going to hear about one of my sisters getting kidnapped or killed or something and like we he just leaves them which i completely understand because i'm like again 17 year olds yeah the weight of the world on their shoulders and i think honestly this is like out of every film i've ever seen i think this handles that topic better than all the all the rest because it actually feels like like you you, you can watch most superhero movies and be like dang i want to go in there and do that but watching this one i'm like i would not want to do no. that these are all like riddles we had to sit down and think hard. Like these, like these were all stuff planned out by genius. Like the the like everything they were uncovering was stuff that was like planned out by like, like one of the most some like them some of those powerful wizards of all time. And again, they're they're literal teenagers having trying to figure all this out. And it's just man. And then the I think my favorite performance was probably. I have to give it to the, the the three main characters. Be even though like they they were like the main folks the entire time. Just seeing like how cheery they were throughout the the, the movies, and then how dreadful they were right now. Because like they're it really the reality finally like just hit them really hard. Because Harry was never afraid of Voldemort in a sense, but I feel like in this one reality really hit hit him when he was like, I'm, I'm just, I have to stop this guy. Like it's me. I I have the weight of the world on my yeah. shoulder. Oh, a scene I really enjoyed was when the three of them got to, I think it was this, it was, it was somebody, I think it was Harry's, Harry's godfather's a child at home. 
and they're like, "Do you hear that?" They're like, "No, we're all alone." It just that that on that note, it just pans out like we see the the sh- the shading and the coloring and lighting is all darker than it was in all the previous film, and it was really was just three kids out to save the world, and that's just I think this film handled that better than almost any other film I've ever seen. Mm. That's we see. Mm throughout the the entire movie like them slowly like we see Harry's hair get more messy we see him like just like look like paler we see him look d- depressed like he's going through it which makes complete and total sense but same thing with Ron but Ron actually succumbs to that is like I'm not doing this I'm leaving bye <laughs> um he comes back in the end of course but um yeah wait but, is this the one where Dobby uh yes oh pain yeah. Another another pain moment. Yeah, but I think my favorite scene was Harry and Hermione's dance scene. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. When I was younger, I was like, no, not, not even when I was younger. Like legit, when I, my, on my first watch, I was like, you can't tell me that they're not gonna get together. Now rewatching, I'm like, I see two people trying to find the best of a moment when they're they're quite literally the only hope in the world. Like. You like even like now like looking like bigger problems in the world. Just thinking like imagine having to be the person, the only person who can solve that. Like I'm yeah. an impossible thing to imagine. Now imagine that on a greater scale, with no information on how to stop it, barely with the bare minimum, and just him, Harry, Harry, when he put his hand out for Hermione to dance with him, just like to cheer her up, I guess, because like she was depressed because Ron left. He was depressed because Ron left. And they have they have to worry about their relationships with each other, their friendships, while worrying about what's going on with them, you the whole world really. And so that scene was just incredible to see, like especially like the comfort, like how comfortable they were with each other. I see now, that was like the that wasn't a romance scene. That was just a scene of like, the ultimate type of friendship. And I think that was done beautifully. Like it wasn't in the book either. So, I, I kudos to the writers for that scene because that was just. Man, but I think I give that best. I think I give moving nine point five out of ten. Dang! So you get this one higher than the second one. Yeah, part two was great, but I just can't put it over part one. Really? Usually mm-hmm. it's the other. Usually I've heard it's the other way around. Like part don't even want part. Part two was incredible. Part one just it really like goes. It, it just puts a whole new layer to the movies because it always seemed like. Happy go lucky. Not I don't. It, it never really seemed like a happy go lucky movie. It always like, man, I, it'd be cool living that world. But watching this, I'm like, wow, that's really gotta suck. <laughs> we hear we hear on the radio of like little girls and little boys being killed because of Voldemort and whatnot. It's it's just it really like I don't. I feel like it put the movies in like in a different light. I could say because I think the first movie was um PG rated PG. I believe. I this, think so. I think the first two are PG. Yeah, then this one was PG thirteen, so I thought that was pretty. But um, yeah, this I like how the, the film got darker throughout as they progressed. And in, in my opinion, this was the darkest one. The part two was definitely dark, but like this one was just a lot more. It felt a lot more excruciating because like these characters were just suffering. Oh my gosh! Like it was, it was my, my second favorite scene was when. Hermione was like, I think it's Christmas because she saw the decorations and stuff when they actually finally went back into a town. And then Harry went to, he saw his parents' grave because they, he, I think he stumbled upon it. And like, 
he Hermione just said Merry Christmas Harry and she hugged him. I was like, that's yes, that's yes, that's just. I can, yes. I, I can write a whole episode of this movie, but I'm gonna cut it there. So. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. New uh, eight through one in part two. So look out for that one as well, because we couldn't. Because you see, we're we're we're, we're, we're at, over. We're almost a hundred minutes, or over an hour and a half. Talking about just, I said, Bobby, we should probably split this one in half. So. Yeah, it's taking yeah. us a really long time. <laughs> we did want to wait straight up. So yeah, I'm gonna look out for that one. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, we are out.